0: this week on the Wager Pager podcast.
1: A controversy stemming from FanDuel Sportsbook New Jersey makes national news all week long and was finally resolved earlier this afternoon. We'll tell you all about it.
0: The Las Vegas Golden Knights ink a deal with William Hill Sportsbook and the New Jersey Devils president says the NHL team can win big this year in sports betting deals.
1: Congress is scheduled to have a meeting next week to talk about federal regulation in sports betting. We'll fill you guys in on what that's all about
0: and this week we are joined by las vegas bookmaking industry veteran and current director of the south point casino sportsbook chris andrews he talks with us about the fan deal controversy what it's like to be a bookmaker and we look ahead to nfl week three and the futures market
1: And finally, former Marist College defensive back and current Wager Pager sports gambling analyst Jimmy dice Rulin, returns to recap our picks from last week and make our selections for college football week four and NFL week three.
0: Get pumped, get psyched.
1: It's the Wager Pager podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast where we talk everything in the world of sports gambling news and give out picks and analysis. I'm your host Mercedes Barba. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MercedesBianca. And I am here with my lovely co-host and boyfriend, Christopher Rogers. And Chris, why didn't you take the Broncos at 750-1 to on Sunday?
0: (laughs) Because I wasn't at FanDuel and I wish I was. Shout out to my guy, A-Prince. I think he's from Newark. It's not far from Jersey City. Nice hit, 110 to win 82 grand, (sighs) wow. Hey guys, uh, Chris Rogers here. You can follow me and us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. We have a lot to fill you guys in on, so let's get started.
1: Alright guys, so I'm sure you all heard Chris just touched on it. So FanDuel has been in the news a lot this week. The sportsbook just announced today that it would pay out a customer $82,000 in winnings after a glitch in FanDuel's computer system caused unreal odds. This past Sunday, Anthony Prince of Newark, New Jersey, placed $110 on a 750-to-1 odd when the computer glitched at the end of the Denver Broncos-Oakland Raiders game last Sunday. The glitch only lasted for 18 seconds, but Prince, along with 11 other customers, got in on the line. Wow. FanDuel initially told Prince that it would not pay him out, saying the company didn't have to pay out for obvious errors. But then FanDuel consulted with state gambling regulators and announced today that it would pay Prince his $82,000.
0: Get that money, boy. <laughs> <it's>
1: crazy. <laughs> this is all according to the Associated Press. So here's what was happening in the game at that time, right? So the Broncos were losing 19-17 to with two minutes left, and they were driving to set up a game-winning field goal.
0: Oh, they had it. They had it in the bag.
1: Yeah. So Denver ended up beating Oakland 20-19. to So in a statement to the Associated Press, FanDuel said, quote, above all else, sports betting is supposed to be fun. Yes, it is. As a result (laughs) of a pricing error this weekend, it wasn't fun for some of our customers. Yeah, so FanDuel hasn't said how much the entire payout would be for all of those 12 people, uh, but FanDuel did say that the system should have made the odds 1 to 6, which meant that the better would have had to put down $600 in order to win just 100 bucks. So FanDuel told the Associated Press something super interesting. It said it's actually going to give away another $82,000 this weekend. By adding a thousand dollars to eighty two randomly chosen customer accounts. What?
0: Dear FanDuel, uh my screen name is JC Gambler123. <laughs> Send it right over here. Yeah.
1: Serious. <laughs> um so FanDuel said these kinds of issues are rare, but they do happen. So quote, this one is on the house.
0: Damn. Yeah. I wish I was there. Okay, so big gambling news coming out of the NHL. William Hill announces it has signed a partnership with the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the first deal between a sportsbook operator and a National Hockey League team. Nice. This partnership will help both sides cross-promote each other through media, advertising, and promotional platforms. William Hill will also be able to advertise in the T-Mobile arena where the Golden Knights play, and William Hill will also get rights to show league-wide odds inside of the arena during intermission. They'll also collaborate for away games. Cool. Also, in an exclusive interview with Bloomberg, New Jersey Devils president Hugh Weber says the team foresees a $5 million advantage by playing in a state that has legalized sports betting. The team expects to make that much by partnering with local sportsbooks and casinos. As you guys know from previous episodes of the Wager Pager podcast, deals like this are coming to professional leagues. We reported in July that the NBA signed a deal with MGM Resorts that will make MGM the official gambling partner of the NBA and WNBA. And recently, the Dallas Cowboys partnered up with WinStar World Casino, which makes the casino the official casino of the Cowboys. Nice. The Devils have had deals like this in the past. When online poker came to New Jersey in 2013, the team partnered up with PartyPoker.com. We'll keep you guys posted if anything else changes or any other deals are made.
1: All right, guys. So switching gears here, Congress is ready to meet and examine whether sports betting guidelines should be implemented on the federal level. It's all set to go down in Washington, D.C. next week, September 27th. This is all according to friend of the pod, David Purdom, as he broke the story for ESPN Chalk. The House Judiciary Subcommittee today scheduled a hearing called, quote, an examination of sports betting in America. If you guys remember, on an earlier episode, we told you guys that there was an earlier hearing on this scheduled for late June, but it was canceled when news broke of the immigrant children being separated from their families. The Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, Homeland Security, and Investigation is reviewing the legalization of sports betting. As you guys know from tuning in on the Wager Pager previously, Delaware, Mississippi, New Jersey, and West Virginia have all gotten on board with Vegas and offered sports betting. Pennsylvania and Rhode Island are on deck to legalize it next this meeting comes roughly one month after ESPN's Darren Ravel broke a story that Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer put forward suggestions for a federal framework on sports betting. Schumer suggested that all sportsbook use official league data to determine game outcomes, and he suggested that the leagues themselves should be involved in figuring out what bets would be accepted. He also says that leagues should step up monitoring that the games are played fairly. We'll see what happens at this meeting, You know, it could get canceled again, but that's where we're at now.
0: All right, guys, we're super excited about our interview this week. Here is Chris Andrews.
1: What's up, guys? We have a very special guest with us this week. You may know him from his appearances on VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. He is a Las Vegas bookmaking industry veteran and current director of the South Point Casino Sportsbook. We welcome to the Wager Pager podcast, Chris Andrews. Hi, you guys. How are you doing?
0: What's up, Chris? It's a real honor to have you on the pod. We appreciate you sharing your expert insight from behind the counter. Let's dive right in. So I'm sure that you're aware of what happened this past Sunday at the Fando Sportsbook here in New Jersey. They say it was a glitch in their system. Do these types of things happen often in Las Vegas, Chris?
2: No, they don't. And I, unfortunately, I've been on the wrong side of that. I'm not nearly so drastic. Uh, but I remember it's very... Somewhat specifically, the St. Jude Classic, I want to say 2004, might have been 2005. David Toms had an eight-stroke lead going into the final day, and it was one of those things where, uh, well, I might as well throw my buddy into the bus too, Nick Bogdanovich, who's one of the best bookmakers uh, <laughs> in the world. He and I were running the Golden Nugget. And, uh, and neither one of us, uh, closed betting on the, the tournament. And, uh, and somebody came in and bet like a couple different times, you know, so it would fly under the radar 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200. And Tom's was like, oh God, I, I you know, I like 20 to 1 or something like that. You know, just never okay. got closed. And, uh, but it wound up costing us about $45,000. And, uh, wow. we fought it tooth and nail with gaming. Gaming made us pay, uh, you know, it was obviously an error. Uh, but nonetheless, they made us pay, and uh, there's been a few situations like that. Like I said, nothing quite this dramatic. But gaming has uh, very often supported the players in such a situation.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It seems that everyone is like kind of split down the middle. You see uh, people going on both sides of the, uh, of the argument here. But uh, speaking of setting lines, for anyone who's new to the world of sports betting, can you tell us what goes into setting a line? And what is the goal of the bookmaker when choosing a number for the spread?
2: Well, um, you know, kind of what's, what's gone out there in the world for really an awful long time is, you know, the bookmakers just want to split the action and uh, take home the juice money and everything's fine. Yeah, you know, that, that's really not true. Uh, first of all, there's definitely, you know, in, in most games, you can see there's the wise guy side and then the public side. You know, a right. good bookmaker wants to go in with the wise guy side. And a lot of times, you know, what is the public side? Well, it's usually an overbet favorite. And sometimes it's a dog, you know, a, a popular dog among, uh, you know, uh, some a team that maybe is playing real well recently, something like that. Uh, really, that's not the side we want to go in with. Now, we want to create a little bit of a ratio. We want to have some sort of a leverage. You don't want to go in. With, uh, you know, needing one game with 100% of your best, and that almost never happens anyway. But if you can get any kind of a ratio, I heard one bookmaker one time tell me a 4-3 ratio is ideal. I'm not sure that, you know, that's, uh, you know, from Sir Isaac Newton or anything like that. But, you know, you just want some sort of, you want some sort of ratio that, uh, puts, puts you on the side of the wise guys. And, uh, you know, with, with the juice that's involved, It'll give you an advantage over time. Now let me also say that in Nevada and probably most, uh, online books, uh, would probably experience, uh, have a very similar experience. Uh, you have all sorts of things going on. You, you know, the point spread of course is, you know, most popular. You also have the money line and you have teasers and you have the total and you have the first half and you have the second half and you have the end game and, you know, go right down the line and, uh, each each one of those propositions has like a little bit of a percentage built into it. Now, at the end of the day, you're not going to win every one of those bets. That's just not the way it works. But with a little bit of percentage uh, built into all those, if you get a decent mix, and I call that a matrix, if you get a decent mix in that matrix, you're going to hold your percentage and probably do a little bit better than you're entitled to if you have enough business to fill that all in. Now, the south point I'm in a position right now, where we fill out that matrix pretty much every game, every single week, every single day, really. So that's that's, uh, very profitable for us. I I shouldn't say that because we have some, you know, we book some obscure soccer stuff that we really, you know, probably don't get that, maybe some NASCAR stuff, things like that. But on our very basic uh, elements to our menu, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, you know, that that gets filled in pretty good. And uh, and it's a good advantage uh, for a bookmaker that really, uh, like I said, it adds up at the end of the year, and uh, you know puts you in a very advantageous position. But that's the essence of the line: is not really to split the action. You really want the wise guy side going for you, and in, in as many of those little situations as you can.
0: Interesting, very cool. Um, so I saw an interesting clip of you on Vizen the other day, where you were recording a live broadcast when you actually found out that Urban Meyer suspension came down from Ohio State. <laughs> You dropped your head. You dropped your headphones. You said, "Sorry, guys, I have work to do," and you you split. Is that what it's like being a bookmaker? Are you on call twenty four seven like that?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, and we are. We're open twenty four seven at the South Point. Now that was during the middle of the day, so that wasn't uh, nearly that bad. But sometimes, you know, I've had situations where you get called in the middle of the night. Something happens, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, you have to respond um, you know, very objectively to, you know, sometimes what can be like somewhat tragic and, uh, and I always rationalize that. Well, that is my job and I have to do my job. But sometimes you might hear that somebody got hurt or, you know, somebody died or something like that, you know, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I have to do my job too. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be, you know, a little, little cold, I guess would be probably fairly accurate. Uh, but yeah, you have to respond to that stuff. And, uh, and you know, protect your uh, you know, the assets of the business by, re- by responding that way.
0: Yeah, well, business is business, right? Um, we heard you on Beating the Book this past Monday with Gil Alexander, one of our favorite shows, by the way. I love when you guys do guess the number. Um, you were talking about the big money that was bet this past weekend on the Hawaii Army game. I was on that game. Uh, <laughs> why do you think that game received so much action?
2: You know, Chris, I really couldn't tell you. You know, I always say that sometimes you never know, you know, what what game is just going to catch fire uh for whatever reason. And, uh you know, you see that in other areas, like maybe the news or something like that. Maybe you know, there's some certain tragedies that just get, you know, overlooked in the news cycle and they're gone in no time. And other ones that linger forever. And uh, this game, I mean, Army in Hawaii, I have no idea what the attraction was. but <laughs> we did so much business on this game. And like I, I think I said on Joe's show, you have games sometimes where maybe you open six and it runs to 13 or something like that. This was not the case. We had uh, wise guys and the public on both sides of that game, mostly either laying six really? and a half or taking seven. And, uh, of course, the game fell seven. Uh, but that was uh, just – one of those quirky, quirky games. I'm sure it's happened in the past on some, you know, some game that really should be under the radar. But I can't remember a better example than this one. This was just unbelievable how much business we were writing on this game, uh, and you know, we wound up featuring it on TV in the South Point just because it was, uh, you know, so so enormously bet.
0: <laughs> well, wow, that's funny. Yeah, I certainly uh, thought I was sharp because. Uh... I thought since Hawaii had to travel so far and their bodies were gonna feel like it was six a.m., and then I go online and everyone's talking about that, so <laughs> I don't know if that was the case. <laughs> I think
2: that may have been part of the story, but you know, somebody pointed out, and I, I didn't do my homework personally, but somebody pointed out, you know, how many games they've had in similar situations, and, and they really have a remarkable uh, case of covering a lot of those numbers. I'm not, you know, it's not like ten and up and all that but very representative like let's say like a six and four or something like that you know so uh it's not nearly as outrageous. maybe I guess they're just used to it uh, over the years of handling uh the, the, that situation's come up numerous times
0: okay well uh speaking of action, are there any games so far this week that the house needs to come through because we love to fade the public?
2: Oh yeah, uh you know nothing really too much yeah, I'm looking down the, the list There's nothing really that jumps out yet, you know now. I'm sure probably 24 hours from now, I'll have a much different answer for you. And uh, by Sunday morning, I'm sure I'll have a whole bunch of different answers for you. But, you know, most of the games that have been bet are just kind of the ones you would think, um, you know, going against, uh, you know, going with some of the public teams against some of the uh, lesser teams. But those aren't very surprising. That's just pretty much what happens every single week. So nothing really that has stood out so far this week.
0: Okay, okay, and uh last question here before we, before we let you go, Chris um we have two weeks in the book for the n f l Have there been any significant moves in the futures market uh
2: yes, uh Tampa Bay, which i think before the opening of the season, I think I had them hundred and seventy five to one to win the Super Bowl. they're down to forty to one now um Now, that's probably the biggest jump. KC, I had 30-1, to and I think I'm down to like 10 or 12, something like that. So, you know, some pretty – some good money on on a team that I think we thought was going to be pretty good. But, you know, of course, you know, Mahomes probably – those are the two guys really that have been the story of the year so far, Uh, you know, between Mahomes and Fitzpatrick. Got a little bit of money on Cincinnati, who's played well. Uh, a little bit of money on Jacksonville again. We not like Jacksonville playing well is that big of a surprise? They went to the AFC Championship last year, but you know they look pretty good so far this year, and we've definitely had some money come in on them. And uh, going down the line, not not too much, a little bit on Denver. I think that right now people think that um, you know Case Keenum not a great quarterback, but a but a good quarterback playing with a very good defense. And uh, you know uh, you know Kansas City is going to be tough in that division. The Chargers, I think some people sense that they may be a little disappointing, as they are almost every single year. And uh, Oakland again, I think probably uh, a team that you know has had some of their flaws exposed. And uh, I think they think that Denver maybe would be a decent uh, shot to make the playoffs with that really good defense, as long as Case Keenum can keep playing the way he has, and he's played very well. And he played well last year too.
0: He certainly has. Mahomes has Mahomes has been incredible. I don't know if I'm sold on Fitzmagic and Tampa Bay yet. I'll have to wait a little while before I put a futures ticket there. But uh, thanks again for joining us, Chris.
1: All right, guys. Once again, that was Chris Andrews. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrews Sports. He's the director of the South Point Casino Sportsbook in Las Vegas and current v Sin personality. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Well, thanks for having me, and it was a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to doing it again later in the season if you like.
0: What's up guys, welcome back to the Wager Pager Podcast. Once again, we are welcoming on Jimmy dice Rulin, former Marist College defensive back, and my partner in crime here on the Wager Pager Podcast. What's up, brother?
3: What's up, my friend? Uh, loving life right now, doing pretty good with our picks, and uh, looking to continue uh, the great streak that we're doing, and uh, you know, moving forward. Let's do this, week three and four, let's go.
0: Right on, we're rolling into college football week four, NFL week three. Real quick, let's recap our records from last week. Um, technically, I went 1-3 in three in my college picks, which isn't the best. But I did hit on my money line. Plus 1,100 with the BYU Cougars with the stunning upset of Wisconsin. They were 23-point dogs. I did have a couple pseudo plays, little added plays. And if you guys are following us on Twitter or Instagram, most of these plays are posted. I hit again on Pittsburgh, Army, Purdue, TCU, and San Diego State in the Late Night Degenerate Special. Jimmy, how'd you do last week?
3: Yeah, man, uh, I think uh, we were doing pretty well. You know, for my best bets in college, I was 3-1. Unfortunately, I did not get my turkey this week. Uh, My money dog lost on Purdue. Uh, I believe they had that late touchdown to put them ahead, called back, and they ended up losing by a field goal. So uh, with that, um, you know, uh, I did pretty well. Uh, And then for a bunch of my other leans, uh, I rode with you on uh, Army. Uh, We had LSU at night. uh, And then we also had uh, Q's uh, for a straight-out win on that cover. So, uh, yeah, man, we had a great weekend. Uh, And
0: then NFL, NFL, we were – I was two and one in the NFL, winners with Cleveland and Atlanta, losing on Arizona and a couple added plays. One on Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Bucks, and Green Bay Packers. Once again, you guys gotta follow us at the Wager Pager on Twitter and Instagram for any added plays. How'd you do last week in NFL?
3: Yeah, I was also two one one. went against everyone. Uh, I took KC again. You know, getting some points. Uh, then I also had uh, Cleveland as well uh, with that. And then, unfortunately, my loser last week was uh, the G-Men. A betting loss, but it was a moral victory for my Cowboys. So, overall, uh, I loved it. But there's some other added plays that we played. Uh, I had uh, Oakland I took. I took the Colts. And I also had uh, the over in the 49ers-Detroit game. So, I did pretty well with those. So, uh, pretty happy with my outcome this week.
0: Yeah, this is definitely our biggest weekend yet so far. You guys definitely got to follow us and uh, bank Take it to the window like we are. Let's move on to this week. We got college football week four, NFL week one. We have a new name for our segment here with college football. We are going to do our nickel package of picks, five best bets. You want to start it off, my friend?
3: So, yeah, so uh, for our new segment, for our uh, nickel package, uh, I'm going to take Illinois going against Penn State, uh, starting pretty much conference play. Uh, Illinois is getting 28 at home, uh, 28 at home, so again, a home dog. Typically, the dog in the last five games is 4-1 against the AT- uh, ATS, so, uh, definitely liking that. Uh, Illinois has a buy next week, so they've been pretty much planning this, uh, the first big test for this year for them. But also, you know what? This is a potential look-ahead game for Penn State, because they got, look-ahead! Illinois, Ohio State up on deck, so this could be, uh, Pretty much the winner of the Big Ten, you know, potential playoff ramifications for them next week. So uh, I'm not saying Illinois is going to win this, but I definitely think uh, Lovey Smith, you know, can uh, keep this, you know, somewhat close and within that 28-point spread. So uh, definitely liking Illinois this week. So uh, what do you got for your first game, Chris?
0: Okay, my first game on the nickel package here is a Friday night game, 7 p.m., it's Central Florida versus Florida Atlantic. Central Florida is favored by 13 and a half. I'm going with the dog. As you know, I would be. Woof, woof. FAU plus 13 and a half. Um, I really like this game. Um, it opened at 13 and a half. It, it stayed there all week, but there's a lot of money coming in on UCF. So that makes me wonder why this line is just staying put like that. If you go to scoresandodds.com, UCF is getting 77% of the money. FAU only twenty three percent. You know what that means? Time to go contrarian. On Action Network, twenty three percent of the tickets are written for FAU, but thirty six percent of the money is coming in on their side. That's plus plus thirteen percent differential. I think there's some sharp big money coming in there. I do like uh, QB Chris Robson, not 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 Chris Robinson from uh, the Black Crows, but Chris Robson. And running back Dev, Devin Singletary, they're a nice tandem. This other wide receiver, Joe Vaughn, not Rich Duran, really doing big things out there.
3: Nice dude. Yeah, I uh, I, 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 I initially eyed that game, so uh, you know I, I like if uh, they you know Florida uh, Atlantic on that, so uh, you know that that might be a game I might have to uh, piggyback on, yes.
0: Yeah, dude. You got Lane Kiffin, always always a plus. They looked great last week versus Air Force defense, really swarming to the ball. And, you know, UCF is riding a long streak, home winning streak, and I think the streak's going to end Friday night.
3: Oh, so is that your dog play?
0: That is my outright money line dog winner of the week. I'm also going with FAU plus 390 on the kickback.
3: Wow, so that's your dog. So you're starting off your, your pace with your dog. baldy, very So I like it.
0: I'm coming out swinging, baby, coming out swinging. Oh, so uh, I guess I'm going to stay on that Florida trend. Uh I'm like in
3: uh, FIU, Florida International, going against Miami. Uh They're getting 26.5. That's the last time I saw it. I believe this line was probably initially around 25. Uh reason why I like it, um, I just don't think Miami is going to win uh, this game by more than 21 points. Um, I know we were discussing this before, Chris. This is the type of game where, these guys, uh, you know, probably played these uh, against these players in Miami in high school. You know, this is pretty much, this game is nine miles away. This is a recruiting warfare game for Butch Davis, uh, you know. So the winner of this could potentially uh, sway some uh, potential new recruits. Uh, Butch Davis, you know, has those ties, you know, always knows how to get some great talent uh, that no other schools tend to want. Uh, I just think you know twenty six and a half points is a little too much for miami uh but an a t s trend that i'm liking um i'm liking uh, an eight eight and one a t s after uh f i u winning by twenty points so uh i will uh take those twenty six and a half points and uh look for bush davis to uh keep that close and uh hopefully not beat miami because that's my squad but that's what I got for my uh, Florida battle.
0: Right on, dude! I love when this happens. Uh Great minds think alike. Once again, I am also on FIU. That's my second pick of the college nickel package here. Yeah, dude, it's their first meeting since that infamous 2006 in-game brawl, and my yeah, remember that shit was fucking nuts. Never seen anything like that in uh college football or any sport besides the malice and the palace with the uh you know the the Pistons <laughs> and the NBA. But uh, I digress. Miami won that game 35-0. Could be a little bit of a long revenge spot here. They've been uh, just sitting and waiting for this, I I feel like. They have QB James Morgan over there. Looks pretty nice. Running back Anthony Jones, number two, is a stud. He's sneaky fast. And there's 52% of the tickets on Action Network written and 69% of the money. Another plus 17% differential. I love it. Plus, plus 26 and a half, way too many points for Miami. So anyways, let's move on. What's your next game?
3: So the next game I got, uh, I was looking at Eastern Michigan getting 11 points against San Diego State. Uh, I just think that San Diego State uh, is due for a letdown game. Hey, they had a great win against ASU, uh, you know, a better team. Uh, so I just think they're due for that letdown game. And right now, um, San Diego State is on a one and five ATS against teams with winning records. Uh, and also, uh, kind of piggyback on that, they're also one and five at home against teams with winning records. So, I kind of like that trend. Uh, and then also, Eastern Michigan is seven and zero ATS after a loss. So, um, Eastern Michigan's playing pretty well. Um, I think they can, uh, you know, hang with San Diego State, but I'm kind of hoping that this is more of an evenly matched team, uh, a battle between both teams, and just the fact that I'm looking for more of a letdown game from San Diego State and Eastern Michigan uh, taking the opportunity uh, with the plus 11.
0: For sure, man. Uh, We're usually on those late night Pac-12 after dark games as it is. Love playing in uh, those San Diego State matchups. I I agree. Eastern Michigan looks like a good play. I might have to uh, tail you on that one because when I tailed you last week, I think I went 2-0. All right, let's move on here. My uh, third game in the nickel package of college picks here. I'm going with Ohio. They are on the road versus Cincinnati. Ohio's 2 0. Cincinnati's 3 0. It's a 12 p.m. kick on Saturday. Scoresandodds.com. The numbers are coming in at Ohio at 40% of the action. Cincinnati's getting 60%. So, you know, I like to buck that trend as usual. And this is the one that's startling. If you go over to actionnetwork.com, friends of the pod, there's 40% of the tickets written for Ohio, but a massive differential in the money. There's plus 25%. It's 65% of the money coming through on Ohio. I think a lot of big money whales are on the Ohio side. And... That's the side I'm gonna be on. QB Nathan Rourke looks pretty good. They have a wide receiver named Poppy White, making people say "I Poppy" out there on the field. We'll probably cut that out, but uh, <laughs> um, a very important factor of this game. It looks like it's gonna be raining on Saturday in Cincinnati, so I look for a, uh, a messy, wet field. And in those conditions and those circumstances, I always like to take the dog and plus points. Phil Steele actually has these guys in one of his computer models going twelve and zero, so he's he's pretty high on them.
3: I see that, man. I see uh, a lot of people kind of riding on the Cincy train right now, so I think that that number is a little inflated. And I think uh, you know this is a battle for Ohio. You know uh, this this game is right there, so um, I, I can see Ohio kind of giving them a game and uh, potentially uh, you know maybe pulling that upset. But uh, good luck with that, though. I'd like to see how that comes out for you.
0: All right, buddy, what's your next pick here? So
3: my next pick uh is a big SEC game. Uh, not really a big one, but it's definitely a big game. Uh I'm gonna take another home dog. I'm gonna take uh the Missouri Tigers, fourteen and a half points at home against the big uh Bulldogs, Georgia. Um, I just like it. You know, it's a conference game, first uh one for Missouri. Uh I just think that uh they can definitely keep this close at home. You know, with third year Barry Odom, you know, I definitely always tend to ride with uh, the third year coach because now he's finally got those coaches that he's recruited uh, and that he's been picking at an eye on. So uh, the dog is 4 and 1 ATS in uh, this series over the last five games. Um, Drew Locke, I mean, he's got over 1,000 passing yards. Uh, you got um, on.
0: How can you not bet on a quarterback named Drew Locke?
3: Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hopefully, this is a lock for me this year, you know, so. Uh, and then for. <laughs> For Georgia, uh, I mean, you got Goodwin that, that's hurt uh, playing potentially playing with a calf injury. You got uh, DeAndre Swift with a groin injury. I mean, probably besides a, a hamstring, I think a groin injury is probably one another worst injury for a running back to have. And then also their uh, starting left uh, tackle um, Andrew Smith has been injured and uh, missed the last game. So, uh, I mean, Georgia's got an amazing defense. Uh, Missouri does too. Uh, I just think that Missouri is going to want to try to keep this close to keep their name and the potential uh, rankings, uh, and you never know, if they again, if they can pull this upset at home against Georgia, you know, this definitely writes a rescript on the playoff picture for, uh, you know, for the NCAA football, so uh, I'm going to take Missouri at home getting 14 and a half
0: points at the moment. Dude, get the fuck out of here. Sound the alarm. This is the second time during this podcast that we're both on the same game. I think it's going to work out. Uh, get out the yellow pages. Call the locksmith. We're picking locks. Missouri plus 14 at home. Home dog. You know I can't resist that shit. I love betting against top 10 teams. Um, like we said, Drew Locke looked great last week. They did uh, You know, have to battle back and kind of... Go back and forth with a little bit of an inferior team with Purdue, but Purdue's got a really good quarterback, and I watched that game, and these guys look pretty good. But so you know, oh, one and uppers, but this up? could
3: have been a look ahead game for Missouri last week, and that's why one of the reasons why I picked Purdue last week uh, as a play, right? Just for the fact right. that I was saying Missouri was really preparing two weeks for the Georgia game, so um, you know, so I'm kind of piggybacking back on that factor as well, so. Uh, but, yeah, good point with Purdue. So,
0: No, I agree, man. Uh, I don't know if you saw, it was really funny after the game last week in Purdue. Drew Locke, uh, he went up to the, one of the fans in the crowd. He had a sign that said Missouri still sucks. And then Drew Rock, Drew Locke took a, a selfie with him and posted it on Instagram. It was pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, just one, one last quick note. I actually looked it up on the Jeff Sager numbers on USA Today, kind of like that old-school analytics light, looking up the power numbers and stuff and he said that they should only win by 12, so I like the 14 there.
3: 12 is a little too close. I hope that if they, if they are going to lose, let's lose less than 10, but you know, I'll still take that 14 and a half. <laughs> All right,
0: what's, what's your next game? Was this is, uh, game number four, the nickel package?
3: No, this is uh, game five on the nickel. So uh, I was actually back and forth on this, uh, this game, of, uh, a Big Ten game, uh, but I'm actually going to, after looking into it, I am going to actually lay the chalk. Uh I think he's one of my only chalk layers this week in my picks. And I'm gonna take Wisconsin minus three against Iowa. In Iowa. Uh I don't think those purple locker rooms that Iowa has uh is gonna make a difference. Uh Wisconsin <laughs> is, is pretty much uh pretty uh butthurt after last week, pretty much destroyed any playoff hopes. So this is definitely a revenge game and just turns up like they're pissed. Uh, after getting, um, you know, that huge upset on Chris's uh, money dog, BYU winner. Uh, This is a conference opener for both games. So really this is kind of like, you know, the season for the conference now starts. Wisconsin is not in the national playoff front anymore unless a lot of stuff happens. So so now Wisconsin is probably looking like, all right, let's just win the conference and, you know, get into a good bowl. Uh, And I think that's kind of how they're going to look at it right now. Uh, they're five and six. Uh, the way team is five and, uh, five out of the last six. Uh, they have one and eight of the last eleven. And, uh, right now, um, the road games are eleven and one ATS. So, um, believe me, I, I think Iowa a great team. They're always in the top, you know, third, uh, uh, teams of the Big Ten. But I just think Wisconsin is just gonna come out, uh, you know, just balls to the wall and just kind of probably not embarrassed Iowa, but probably handily win this game by maybe seven points or so. So I like Wisconsin minus three.
0: I can see that. The only thing that worries me is Hornybrook, their quarterback. The dude is trash. Moving on to my fifth and last pick of our college football nickel package here for college football week four. I'm going with a home dog, baby. University of Louisiana Monroe at home, catching seven versus Troy. I'm looking for Troy in a letdown spot here after a huge upset of Nebraska last week. Yeah, Nebraska doesn't look that good this year, but for a program like Troy to beat, you know, a historically good program like Nebraska, that that's a pretty big deal. So I'm looking for them to have a somewhat of a letdown here. They also um, U- ULM has a 30-year coach, Matt Viator. He, he's look got the team playing pretty good. There's a uh, also an 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms on Saturday night. In Louisiana, it's going to be a sloppy field, so I will take the seven points with Louisiana Monroe. Nice.
3: Great way to uh, slow down the speed of Troy because they're all about speed. So uh, that could be a good play. Oh, and how much you uh, taken at that home, dog?
0: Plus seven. Okay.
3: All right, baby. Hit me with your last pick. Hit me with the last pick. So for my uh, last college play, it's actually my money dog play. I'm going to take Air Force plus 325 uh, versus Utah State. Uh, big conference game for these guys. Uh, last year Air Force won this one, uh, pretty close. Um, but my big thing is that, you know, I think Utah is a little inflated, you know, playing New Mexico State and then Tennessee Tech. Uh, I think they blew out Tennessee Tech by like 40 plus points to nothing, you know. But for me, um, <clears throat> you got Air Force coming off a buy. Uh, they played Florida Atlantic before that buy, so they played some good talent. Uh, And I could just see, you know, and and typically with these academies, you know, like Navy, Army, Air Force, they're pretty disciplined. So I think the fact that, you know, uh, it's a conference game, I could just see, you know, Air Force just being fresh and ready to go and uh, taking this game, um, you know, for a straight-out dog winner. So I will take Air Force plus 325 uh, and potentially play the the spread as well just to cover myself.
0: All right, all right. While we're on the subject of outright – Moneyline, underdog winners. I would just like to mention real quick that I am going for the chance to bowl turkeys this week, baby. (laughs) Bowling turkeys. Because uh, I hit Jets two weeks ago, Moneyline, and BYU last week. So we're going for three in a row here. Let's bowl turkeys.
3: I'm trying to start my new streak. So uh, hopefully you get your turkeys and I can start it up again. So let's go. Let's do this.
0: All right, so let's do a uh, cover two, two two-team parlay. You got any uh, other plays you were looking at? Maybe a couple you want to connect together for a nice little 2.5 to 1 payout? So, yeah,
3: uh, I got a nice little two team parlay. Uh, some games I was kind of leaning towards, I kind of liked, but just not quite strong on uh, playing them straight up. Uh, so, for a two team parlay that I got, I'm going to take Arizona State getting 17.5 against uh, Washington. Um, I just think that ASU is uh, coming out strong. Uh, If they can take care of Washington, you know, then they will be definitely in that discussion for the, uh, you know, uh, Pac-12. So, uh, and I think, you know, they can keep that close. Uh, I don't think they will win, but I think uh, with Herm Edwards, he'll definitely have those guys focused and ready to fight. Uh, And, you know, I think 17 and a half points might be a little uh, too much. Uh, So that's why I am going to take the 17 and a half points for my first leg of my two-team parlay. Uh, and my second one, I was kind of going back and forth, um, but I'm actually going to lay the chalk. Uh, I'm actually going to start with FSU. Um, I, I don't want to think that type of talent is that shitty. Uh, you know, just, I think it's this now more of a pride for, for th- those players. I mean, FSU is a, a, a huge talent pool, uh, recruiting bed, so uh, and they're really going up against uh an uh a team that they should be just crushing i mean this line should probably be more in like the twenty mid twenties to thirties but just because f s u is struggling with a new year new coach uh target um i just think uh f s u will cover this to kind of save face uh for you know all all aspects you know recruiting aspects just the program aspects and just kind of show them that you know this isn't total dumpster because. You know, uh, there are seniors on this team and juniors on this team that also have pride and talent and probably admirations to uh, play in the NFL. And these are the type of games that maybe scouts might look at and say, hey, this season may have been lost, but, you know, what did you do against teams that you should have been better at and uh, definitely dominating? So I will give the chalk at minus 10 against Northern Illinois, and I will also take the points with ASU playing Washington.
0: All right, sounds good. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely looking at that. I'm definitely looking at that Arizona State game for a late night play. See what's up with that going straight up. I really, li- I really like that. Um, <clears throat> but my parlay is two games. I was looking at that. I was kind of thinking about playing straight up. So we're gonna we're gonna link them together in the parlay. I got uh, Georgia Tech at home plus sixteen and a half for my first leg of the parlay. You know how I love betting against top ten teams. They are playing Clemson, but. is a lot of points, man. Uh, They only lost by 14 last year in Clemson. And I think Clemson could maybe be looking ahead to Syracuse, who is a surprising top team this year. You know what I mean? They got Syracuse next year, and they lost there last year. So a little revenge factor and look ahead for Clemson. So I'm putting Georgia Tech plus 16.5 as my first leg. And then I'm going to bring that over to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, plus 1.5. On the road, they're 3 and 0. PJ Flex got them playing great. They're in Maryland. Really love Antoine Winfield Jr. on the defensive side of the ball. Makes me feel old. I like grew up watching his father play for Ohio State and in the NFL. It's both teams' first Big Ten game. So, so my two game parlay again is uh, Minnesota plus 1.5 to Georgia Tech plus 16.5. All right, guys, moving on to the NFL. We have a new title for this segment as well. We're calling it Fourth Down Territory, where we pick four best bets for the week on the NFL slate, and then we're also going to do a two-game parlay with some of our other leans. Why don't you kick it off, brother?
3: For my first uh, play uh, of the NFL uh, four-down package, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints' uh, big conference game, getting plus three um, on the road against Atlanta. Um, I just think this is going to be a, a hard-fought game uh, and looking for Drew Brees to kind of maybe hopefully have his arm uh, underneath him. He seemed a little bit shaky on his deep throws, but uh, I, I just don't think, you know, New Orleans was one of my uh, surprise teams and potential Super Bowl sleepers, you know, but uh, I know they squeaked out a win last week, but uh, I'm just looking forward to them to uh, take this to Atlanta. and. Uh, I'll take the the three points uh, in a huge divisional game
0: um, in Atlanta. So I'll take New Orleans plus three. Dude, love the Saints again. We're on the same games this week, bro. I don't know if that's a good or bad sign, but uh, I also love the Saints plus three at home. Everyone's overreacting like, oh, they lost week one. They could barely beat the Browns. You know, can they make it to the Super Bowl? These these guys are still very much a Super Bowl contender. No, Um, I
3: agree. So I think it's an overreaction. On those first two yeah. weeks,
0: so you know it's a little scary because it's a public dog. There's a lot of money riding on, on them right now, but like sometimes you can't just go against blindly go against the public every time. I've learned my lesson too many times doing that. And the uh, the uh, and just one last thing, real quick. The Atlanta defense looks horrible against the you know running backs that that catch the ball, and so you're bringing Alvin Kamara out there. That's basically all all he does. The Saints are throwing a lot on first and second down. So very progressive offense in for today's NFL and. Loving the Saints. Loving the Saints plus three. Let's move on here. My second pick in our four down territory NFL week four slate. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm laying some chalk. I rarely lay chalk but I'm laying the minus five and a half. They're at home versus Denver. Again Baltimore is a little bit of a public dog. They're getting 70% of the action which I don't really like to see but 46% 46% of the tickets are written on them and 60% of the money's coming in. So you got like an almost 15% differential there. I think a lot of big uh, whale sharp money's coming on that side. And this is a tough travel spot for Denver, dude. They have to come all the way to Denver, to Baltimore. It's a 1 p.m. game. And I think it's maybe a little bit of a letdown spot, you know, after, the, after their tough win. Tough last second win last week versus the Raiders. And who knows, maybe in a little uh, controversy from the FanDuel bet situation. <laughs> uh, who you got next? Yeah, I was going to say for my
3: second game on this four-pack, uh, four-down package, I'm going to take Indy. I'm going to stay with Indy. Uh, I know everyone's kind of saying, oh, Carson Wentz is back. Uh, but is he truly back? I mean, it's not like you coming back from a knee, a knee injury and you're you're back to 100% in your old self. So um, there's not a lot of offensive uh weapons on that uh on that side right now. I think they're going to be relying more on their defense. Uh Andrew Luck seems like he's almost back to form. So, and Indy D has been playing pretty well, uh, a little bit better than uh, expected. So, I'm going to take the 6 points uh against the Super Bowl favorites. And I think that uh, right now I personally think that Philly's kind of a little bit overrated just because they were the Super Bowl favorites. Uh but I'm going to take the 6 points uh with Indy.
0: But we're either gonna win a lot of money or lose a lot of money this weekend because I'm also on the Colts. I don't know if you saw it I actually moved to seven. Oh wow! Seven. Yeah, they're getting seven now. Um, the Colts lost to a pretty good Bengals team in week one. They looked solid last week, and their 21-9 win over Washington. And the, you know, the Eagles got throttled by Tampa week week one. Carson Wentz, his first game back. Like you said, you know, we don't know how he's gonna look, and I believe he's gonna be limited. I heard. Uh, I heard Dr. Chow on the Sports Gambling Podcast talking about how he's familiar with the team, and they're going to be running limited packages. You can you can count on that come Sunday. So uh, let's move on to your uh, third pick here in four downs, NFL.
3: So my third pick, I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers uh, getting the six and a half. Uh, Kansas City was nice to me the first two weeks. Uh, this is the first week I'm actually going to jump ship. Uh, I still think they got a great team. Uh, I just don't think that a high offensive, uh, talent is going to keep on going that this is going to be a high scoring game. But Kyle Shanahan, you know, uh, probably one of the best, uh, up and coming young offensive minds in the league. Uh, I think he's going to have some schemes for that dreadful Canada City defense. And I think they've given up like almost over a thousand yards already or something like that in the air. Uh, so just pretty ridiculous, but uh, I, I like uh, San Francisco getting six and a half against KC. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to actually just, Chris, let you know, I actually already booked my ticket for San Fran, so uh, I'm uh, on that train for six and a half points against KC.
0: Right on, brother. I might have to tell you on that. That seems like a very sexy play. All right, dude, to my fourth and final pick on our NFL four-down territory package here, we got... Uh, I'm going with Oakland, man. Even though they, they had that tough loss last week to Denver, I think Derek Carr looked really good, completing over ninety percent of his of his passes. I think he set an NFL record. And it's gonna you know it will be a little hot down there in Miami. That's the only thing I do worry about. But I think uh, with Miami opening up two and zero, there's a lot of overreaction there. A lot of a lot of money heading their way. So I'm gonna go with the dog, dude. Oakland plus four and a half. The fighting John Grudens.
3: No, I like that. I think this is a big spot for John Gruden and that team. Uh, I think they've had two uh, tough losses. You know, uh, they pretty much should have won that game last week. But uh, I agree. I think the heat might be a factor. But, you know, I think a little bit overreaction with Miami winning, you know, being 2-0. and And a little bit of overreaction with uh, the Raiders being 0-2. So, uh, and they played, I mean, L.A. that week one. So, not many teams are going to catch them. So, I'm, I'm probably going to piggyback with you on, the, on that play. So, uh, But for my uh, last play of the four down territory package, uh, I'm going to go with um, the red rifle. I'm going to take Cincinnati Bengals against Carolina. Uh, I know everyone's saying, I nice. know t- nice. everyone's saying, no one, oh, Joe, no, Joe Mixon, they can't play. But I don't know about you guys, but for whatever reason, Marvin Lewis, Always has the Bengals playing well early in the season in like September October. Then I don't know what it is. I think Halloween ha- hits, and it's like then they play shit football, and that's when they start to tank. Uh, so I-, I just don't know why everyone's jumping ship from Cincinnati. They've had two good wins. They played two pretty good uh, squads. So uh, I'm gonna take you know technically a two and zero AFC North squad. You know that has some good talent. Uh, still they have probably one of the best. Uh, D lines and defenses in the league So I'm going to take the three points And to be honest I really don't see much from Carolina Besides uh, McCaffrey And um, uh, Cam Newton You know, I don't really see much else There's no Greg Olson I don't even know what receivers they have right now So uh, I'm going to take the plus three uh, Cincinnati going against uh, Carolina So,
0: Yeah I like that play dude I might have to ride with you on that I think Carolina has some injuries on their offensive line too so, uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. NFL Week 4, are there any uh, any other plays you were looking at? Let's put together another little uh, two-team lean parlay here.
3: Yeah. So, uh, so for me, uh, there was uh, two games I was looking at. I wasn't super confident. Uh, the first game of my two-leg parlay uh, is actually they're both two NFC East teams. Uh, The first one is going to be Washington. So Washington is a home dog getting three points. Uh, I think Green Bay is overinflated. They barely came back with an injured Aaron Rodgers week one against the Bears. They should have lost that game. Uh, Last week, Minnesota was dominating that game, and they should have lost that game, and they got a tie. So, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers in the game, you always have a shot, Um, but I think Washington is actually a better team uh, than last week um, showed them. So I will take three points at home uh, against uh, the Green Bay Packers. And then my second leg of that parlay uh, is probably uh, going to be Dallas, uh, getting one and a half. Uh, still not super confident. in my Homer. Season. Yeah, it is a little bit of Homer, <laughs> but you know what? Seattle has nothing but Russell Wilson. They have no offensive line. Uh, again, the strength of Dallas is that D line. They smoked up Eli Manning. Your boy, how's your future Super Bowl pick looking now, buddy?
0: <laughs> I didn't put. I actually never bought that ticket. I never bought that ticket.
3: So, but actually, you know, Dallas's uh, offensive line is gonna wreck shop for uh, Russell Wilson. There is no offense on that team. Their defense is not even a shell of what they used to have. And I just think that um, Dallas finds a way to actually win this. So I have my two team parlay. Washington at home, plus three. Dallas, you're probably getting anywhere from one and a half to maybe two and a half. Uh, But I might even just play the money line uh, on that. So that's my two-team parlay for the NFL this
0: week. No doubt, no doubt. So
3: what do you got? What's your two-teamer?
0: I'm I'm looking at something you're probably going to laugh at me because I'm I'm riding with Arizona again, the worst team in the league.
3: Yeah, thanks for that play last week. Thanks for that play.
0: (laughs) You got a hedge. You got a hedge. Yeah, I took, I did take Arizona last week, but I ended up hedging mid game with a live uh, L.A. Rams bet. I took them uh, minus nineteen, and they ended up winning big time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just think the Bears are a little bit overrated. I don't know if they're good enough to be giving five and a half on the road in a, in a you know a tough tough place to play in Arizona. It's definitely a long trip for Chicago. Plus five and a half. I'll take it. I'm going to connect that over to the highest chalk on the board, which is a surprising move by myself. I'm going to take Minnesota minus 16 and a half because Buffalo Bills are just that bad. It's like they could win this game probably 40 to 13. So I'm taking Minnesota to Arizona for my two-game parlay. I think that's it, brother. That's it for college football week four, NFL week three. Let's keep the ball rolling here. We had our first winning weekend last weekend. Let's take it and parlay it this week.
3: Hell yeah, baby. Uh, I'm excited. Let's keep that uh, bankroll increasing. Uh, and uh, like, I, like Chris always says, follow us on uh, the Wager Pager uh, Twitter feed for any of our uh, additional leans and plays. And uh, hopefully you're on the side we are on and uh, winning some plays and picks. So uh, good luck to you guys all. And uh, Chris and Mercedes, thanks for having me on the Wager Pager podcast.
0: Always a pleasure, my friend. Once again, that was Jimmy Dice Rulin, former Marist College defensive back. Let's get this dough. Let's go. All right, guys, that's it for episode seven. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a review and please tell all your friends about us. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. And as always, good luck. Happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you.
1: Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and texts are confidential.
0: Get pumped, get psyched.
1: It's the Wager Pager podcast. Bye, guys. Later. The Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted and co-produced by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Edited by Mercedes Barba. Created by Chris Rogers. Additional analysis provided by Jim Rolin Music by The Morose Project. Produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. Here
2: we go.